Thank you for being a friend. A friend to the fans, a friend to Hollywood, and especially a friend to the animals. What other way can you start a tribute to Betty White than with that line? The most famous line from the most famous theme song from the show she was in. And join me once again, as always, through Facebook Messenger as Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello, hello, hello. Well, just a, a bit of behind-the-scenes information. I texted Paul Saturday telling him my plans to celebrate Betty White's 100th birthday. And later that day, Paul texted me with the very heartbreaking, sad news that Betty White did not make it to her 100th birthday. So, we're doing the 100th birthday celebration now to celebrate the life of one amazing lady. And one thing, I want to start off with a personal note. When I had to put my dog to sleep, I wrote to Betty White and told her about him, and, and she responded with an autographed picture. That, is she really? That is the kind of person that Betty White was. Let me see it. You got it handy? I don't have it handy. I'm trying to find it, but you've seen my house. There's all kinds of stuff in it because I'm a big yeah, pack rat, so... No, you're a big collector of, like, God, you got everything everywhere, so... Yeah, and I know what room it's in. I just have to go through the stuff in that room to find out where it's at, but... And now it's even more important to find it. Yep. Well, it was... You know, I have loved Betty White, I would say, since Golden Girls, when it originally aired, because that's yeah. where I got to know her from, but... You look at her game show history, and her sitcom history, and her film history. She's done a lot of stuff. So, when we have somebody to celebrate, she really can be celebrated. I didn't know she was on Hollywood Squares until all these old videos started showing up on TikTok. Of people posting her on Hollywood Squares. Oh, she loved the game shows. She absolutely loved them. She was awesome on Hollywood Squares. I'm like, wow, she's just like, she's very quippy. (laughs) Well, she was on To Tell the Truth with Anthony Anderson when they brought it back. She was in one episode. And she was, I was watching on YouTube today, and you can find it. It's on YouTube it is VHS quality. But, I mean, if you don't mind the VHS quality, it's it's very watchable. It was This Is Your Life on NBC with Betty White. And they surprised her. She didn't know it was going to happen. And one of the guests on there was Gene Rayburn. And they mentioned that she was on 600 and some episodes of The Match Game. Betty White was? Yep. She was a very Good regular Lord. guest on there. And, you know, that's one of... The Match Game is my absolute favorite game show of all time. And it's the version with Gene Rayburn that I love so much. And yeah. I didn't know how Alec Baldwin was going to do when they brought it back. I really enjoy the Alec Baldwin version as well. <laughs> 
So, just because John Paul's there, is he still doing it? Well, I don't know. Cause, because you know he's been kind of like, you know, everything with that gun stuff going on. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the situation is. Because Match Game doesn't have a regular lineup for a regular it. Host. Like they no, they yeah. it's a regular host. It's just when it airs, it comes on at different points in time. So it may um, come on in the fall, it may come on in the spring, it may come on in the summer. It just whenever they decide to put it on, see, that's how it's worked. Have you kept up with that case with Alec Baldwin at all? Have you read about it? No, because uh, I did. They're seeking to possibly bring charges against him. Well, I knew they were looking at it, but I don't know. And I was, it's a tragic story, no matter how you look at it. But, it is. But anyways, let's get back to Betty White. Yeah. And I was also looking through her IMDb listing earlier, and she was on shows that I watched and didn't even realize she was on. Like, there was an episode like of what? Best of the West that she was on. And I know most people will not remember Best of the West. But it was a sitcom in the early 80s, and it said she was in the episode Mail Order Bride playing Amanda Tremaine. And uh, Malcolm in the Middle, I had forgotten about her being on there. St. Elsewhere, which I absolutely love St. Elsewhere. It's my favorite hospital drama of all time. Has one of the greatest casts for a hospital drama ever. If not the greatest, she was in you know, two I've episodes in thirteen. One episode of that. Oh, you need to watch it. I mean, what year did it come out? Uh, elsewhere, I remember it being out. Her like episodes in were in nineteen eighty five, and it said they were season three. So eighty two, eighty three, somewhere in there, it started. But yeah, I remember being a kid, and I remember seeing it come on. But for some reason, I guess it wasn't on my radar to watch it. For some reason, maybe I wasn't old enough since I was a kid. I, I mean, know. the the closest I can compare level actors would be ER, and there's a truck going by. If anybody's hearing that rumble, but um, the ER had George Clooney, who became a huge star. Not gonna deny yeah. that, but. St. Elsewhere had Denzel Washington. And I'd say he's probably a little bit more established as a star than George Clooney. Uh, uh, I said it kind of equal in my book. I would think, I'm pretty sure Denzel is a much more celebrated actor. Like, I'm thinking he's won the Oscar and possibly the Emmys and most likely the Golden Globe and. Screen Actors Guild, and because if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm sure he was nominated, might have won for Glory, but I know he won for Training Day. Guess how much Denzel Washington's worth? Five hundred million. Not quite that big, but two hundred and eighty million. Let's look up. What's calling George Clooney? But. Oh, well, you hit the nail head on the, on the 500 mil because um, George Clooney's worth 500. Yeah. 
But, wow. But we'll go ahead and start into some of the shows. I watched a lot more than Paul was able to because I did have my three-day weekend and New Year's Eve was when we found out about it. We were in Asheville and then watched the ball drop. Well, Saturday and Sunday I spent watching Betty White. Today and yesterday when I could, I watched stuff with Betty White. I will continue watching stuff with Betty White. It's just She had so many great things. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is Life with Elizabeth. Um, really quick, right quick. Did you watch any Golden Girls like that's been aired on television since she passed away? No, because I don't have cable. And oh, well, it's not on the antenna channel. We got, we got the Dish Network here. And at the end of um, at the end of every episode of Golden Girls, they aired. Um, no, at the, whenever they were going into commercial, they would always put up um, Betty in member in remembrance of Betty White um, from the Golden Girls. It said from the Golden Girls, I guess not cast, but of the whoever that's still alive that helped put it on the producers and all that. The crew. And, you know, anyway, it was um, uh, remembering her. Every time it went through commercial, it always put up a black and white photo of her, and it yeah. said in remembrance of Betty White. And blah, 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 blah. My guess is the Buzzer Network is doing that too, because anytime any iconic game show contestant, host, celebrity, anytime any of them pass away, like Richard Dawson, I think for a week they kept putting up the card with him passing in memory of him. And Gene Rayburn was the same way. And um, so Buzzer, I'm sure, will be doing something Sunday. I haven't looked up their listings. I do know that Decades Channel this weekend is showing the Dean Martin roast of Betty White. And... That puts me, um, a little side tangent here real quick, but if you have not seen Betty White roasting William Shatner, make sure you see Betty White roasting William Shatner. I wonder if that's on YouTube. Well, there's, there is a article from Variety. I believe it said, Betty White's Funniest Moments... If you can find that article from Variety, it has her complete segment from Roasting William Shatner, which I am telling you, if you don't laugh while she's roasting William Shatner and everybody else in the room, you're okay. not paying attention. This is not the only one. Listen to this. Look at all these things on YouTube. Betty White roasts Sandra Bullock. Betty White roasts William Shatner. Betty White roasts Bob Saget. Betty White roasts Justin Bieber. Betty White roasts Morgan Freeman. Betty White roasts Sandra Bullock. Um, I think just hold on. Betty White roasts Snoop Dogg. Betty White. Betty White roasts George Takei. <laughs> so it looks like she's got a lot of roasting on well, here the, too. The George Takei might be from the William Shatner, because the the one clip that I always, I mean. Since the first time it aired and I saw her speaking, the one thing that she said that I remember is, we all knew Shatner was nuts. We just didn't know Sulu had tasted them. 
There's that's that's a little hint of what Betty White roasting William Shatner was like. And that's one of the reasons why she's so loved. Also in that variety article that I mentioned, like I said, I believe it's Betty White's funniest moments ever. It it has the full clip of her supposedly meeting Ryan Reynolds at the set of the proposal. And she I saw that video. She thinks that Ryan Reynolds is an assistant. It's all that I saw that on TikTok and she thinks she's wanting she's wanting a coffee. Yeah. And she when said, Betty, Betty White, White says White she wants, wants a coffee, you get Betty White a cup of coffee. No, you, she said a well, it's censored. <laughs> we don't know exactly what she said, because it could be GD, it could be the F word. It's something, but it's it's censored quite a bit through there. And it and that whole like segment she, she is hilarious. Yep. Yeah, well, she's, she's hugging Sandy. Sandra Bullock comes over there and starts yelling at him. You, they don't know who you are. My face is on the movie poster. Her face is on the movie. When they say Sandra Bullock, they know who Sandra Bullock is. When they say Betty White... They know who Betty White is. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, no one knows who you are. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's just, that's just one of the many things. That her review of Deadpool, where she gave it four uh, Golden Girls. I mean, it's just, it's, it is fantastic. And all, all of those clips that are on that Variety article are extremely worth watching. And it's what Betty did that made us love her so much, which was make us laugh. And yeah, she made us laugh a lot. And like I said, Decades is showing the Dean Martin roast Friday night. I think at 9 o'clock is when it starts. And then Saturday and Sunday, it is non-stop Mary Tyler Moore Show episodes. And I believe Sunday night... It ends at like 5 a.m. maybe is what I saw. The Dean Martin roast again of Betty White is on. Um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit something to you. Um, you know, uh, I've watched Golden Girls, you know, growing up, whatever, you know, since the 80s. You know, I haven't really been like a Golden Girls fan until I got in my upper 40s really didn't learn how to appreciate just how groundbreaking that show is. Oh, you were way you know, late the, to the party. Yeah, I'm way late. You know, for all the GLBT, um, Q issues they brought up, you know, everything, everything that they've done, and how how awesome the cast was. See, whenever I was younger, uh, I, would, I watched it, and I thought, you know, it's kind of funny, but I, I think the comedy kind of went above my head a little bit. When I was younger, but now that I'm older, it's like I'm catching every one of those one-liners, and I'm dying. And I have caught my, my daddy has never really been a Golden Girls fan, but um, what he'll do is if he's cruising through the channels, and if the Golden Girls on, I can hear him watching the Golden Girls, and he'll sit in there and laugh. <laughs> I mean, it's it is a beloved series for a reason. And yeah, yeah, it is. And you know what? It's um, it it's, it has transcended the generations, and it has transcended ages too. From young people are watching it now. Young people, as in teenagers. They're they're one of my friend's daughters at work. Her daughter 
is only like 12 years old and she is just completely in love with the Golden Girls. She wanted the Golden Girls everything. She wanted the Golden Girls sweatshirt. She wanted the Golden Girls socks for Christmas. She ended up getting her the Golden Girls DVD set. She ended up, she got her everything Golden Girls. That's what she wanted. Well, and there was news came out a couple weeks ago and I believe it's January 10th is the date. But Hulu announced they will be releasing the complete series of The Golden Palace. The spin-off series of The Golden Girls. Which a lot of people don't know exists. And even more people have never seen. So... That's one of me, because I, I, I do remember them doing some kind of a spin-off show of it. Now, okay, let's go back a little bit. Mama's Family, did Mama's Family have anything to do with the Golden Girls? No, but two of the Golden Girls were in Mama's Family. That, see, that's where I was getting that from, is, is two of the Golden Girls was in Mama's Family. That's right. I was thinking they were kind of connected, like, show-wise, but it's just only the actor-wise. Right. Yeah, it was Rue McClanahan played um, Fran, Mama's sister, and yeah. Betty White played Ellen, Mama's daughter. Okay, I, I knew that's kind of connected there, but I couldn't quite remember what it was. Yeah, and, and so see, Mama's I Family was another series I didn't get to to honor Betty White yet that I, I did watch the Eunice TV movie. I did not watch the series, though. Now, someone on, I thought, there's a Golden Girl TikTok channel on, on TikTok. Whether it's done by the real Golden Girl show or not, I don't know. But anyways, they, they showed the last bit of the last episode of the Golden Girls where, um, you know, spoiler alert, where... Um, well, before you, before you go on, I just want to say, anybody listening to this, this whole show is spoilers because... At this point, if you haven't watched this stuff, what's wrong with you, first of all? But second, I mean, it's some of this stuff is 50 years old or more, and really, it's there's no statute of limitations on spoilers, but at this point, it's okay to talk about. So, without having to say spoiler alert for the rest of the show, just know there will be spoilers. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So that's whenever B. Arthur's character, um, uh, God, uh, what's her name? Um, Dorothy. Dorothy, whenever she leaves the house and she's breaking down crying and the rest of them breaks down and cries. And she said, is this, is this the final goodbye? And she said, yes, this is the final goodbye. And she leaves and closes that door. I wept. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I've never seen the last episode of the Golden Girls. And then I do remember after the Golden Girls ended, it was such a big brouhaha. That's like, oh my God, I get the Golden Girls in. And then they come out with that spinoff show and they tried it. Didn't they come up with another spinoff show for that one too? No. It was just the one. Now, just that one? Now, they did have their own little universe on NBC. Because they had the show Nurses that was by the same creators. And they had the show that I absolutely loved 
and would love to see added to a streaming service. Hint, hint, Disney, let's get it on Hulu or something. But that's Empty Nest. And I think all the Golden Girls except the Arthur ended up on Empty Nest. And Empty Nest, there was an episode of the Golden Girls called Empty Nest that was, I'm pretty sure, the backdoor pilot to the series. But almost everything changed from the Golden Girls episode to the actual sitcom that was created. So, if you watch the Empty Nest episode of Golden Girls, about the only thing that's going to stay the same in the Empty Nest series is the house. Like, they used that house set for Empty Nest, but everything else changed. David Leisure became a new character. The, the husband and wife... The wife was dead, and the husband was changed to Richard um, Mulligan. Let me put you on pause a second. When you said that they used the house as the set, you're talking about like as in the existing on the inside, the way it looked? No, in the in the episode Empty Nest. Or just the outside of the house. In the episode Empty Nest of the Golden Girls, they go and visit their doctor neighbor who I believe retired and his wife played by Rita Moreno. And the house set that they're in visiting that couple is the same set that was used for Dr. Harry Weston in the series Empty Nest. You know, like the Golden Girls had an exterior shot of a house that was not anything to do with what they had on the stage. Yeah. The, now, I saw where recently where that house sold in Miami. Yeah. So, um, I think it sold for like $3.7 million. And there's a couple gay dudes bought it, of course. So. Yeah. And honestly, if you look at the house and then watch the show, I don't see how the floor plan fits with the house that they have. Yeah. But, but anyways, but let's let's dive into some of these shows. First off, I want to talk about Life with Elizabeth because that was the first sitcom that she did. It is available on Amazon. You can watch it with Prime. And from what IMDb has, it's not the the episode guide that goes along with how the episodes run on Amazon Prime. So I don't know exactly what episode it was that I watched. Because I looked through the first couple episodes and didn't see it. But... Basically, Life with Elizabeth is going to be a tough sell for a lot of people because it's black and white. It's done in one set. The cost is obviously low. It's early days of television, so it's Dude, not... I'm looking at some of the photography on IMD, whatever it is, and it looks very grainy. Well, I mean, it's not going to be the most valued show it ran from 1952 to 1955, and says 40 episodes according to IMDb here, but I don't know if that's right, if there were more, but, um, I you found know, it White very was, funny. You know, was a very, Betty White was a very beautiful woman. 
Yeah. I mean, look at that pic. Look at that picture. Yep. But it was. It starts off with a narrator, and she either shakes her head yes or shakes her head no, and then it's the little skit. And that's from what I understand, it was skits on some other show that were put into this series. And, like, kind of like where MacGruber was on Saturday Night Live, then it became a movie, and now it's a TV series on Peacock. I think that's kind of what Life with Elizabeth was, was it started out as skits on a show, and then was put into its own show. But the one that I watched, I think it was two different skits. I don't think it was three. And the only skit that I can really remember watching was... There was, oh, there, I do remember two of them. There was one, her husband's friend comes in, and she's having a terrible time cooking, and he ends up helping her out, making the dinner great. And then the other one was another couple that was over, and the woman was flirting with her husband, and Betty White wasn't exactly having it. And, and I mean, there was a lot of humorous moments in it, but like I said, it's a tough sell because it's basically... A skit in one setting, and that's it. So, okay, not to change the subject. I've never had this issue. I went down here to play to click on. Did you know for trivia? They want me to confirm some stuff for my identity to use this. What? When you created this account, we sent a confirmation email to Paul and HKY blah, 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 in order to enjoy the fall, blah, 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 you need to click on that link that we sent you. Honey, do you know how long it's been since I have downloaded this app? I don't know, because I went to the the trivia here, the connections, and it came right up. Maybe, uh, maybe they re sent something to me. I don't know. But there, there's no trivia, it's just connections. And, and like I said, it's it's a show that it's going to be a tough watch for some people because it's not their thing, and I can see that happening. For me, I enjoyed it. I thought it had a lot of humorous moments in it. And it feels like the kind of show, if you watched more than one episode and get into the flow of what they're doing, you will appreciate the show more as it goes along because you'll get used to the style that it's using. So... If you get the chance, I'd suggest watching it on Amazon Prime. They're 30-minute episodes. Give it a shot. But then, after that, I watched Date with the Angels. And it is available for free with ads on Tubi. And, again, I'm not sure how many episodes. I've pulled up the one that I watched, which IMDb ranks as the third episode of Season 1. It was the first episode on Tubi. And... It was Vicky Angel and her husband Gus, and he's sick, and she's trying to find a doctor because they don't have a family doctor, and she ends up having to use an obstetrician who makes a lot of wisecracks, and then you have all these people getting, basically making fun of him because he's seeing an obstetrician, but... One of the significant things about that episode is Nancy Culp played Dolly. Now, if you don't know the name Nancy Culp, then you need to go back and watch the Beverly Hillbillies 
because she was Miss Jane Hathaway. I was going to say, and do you know where she's buried at? Where? It's somewhere in the Carolinas. Yes, her and her partner lived the rest of their days out living in their home in Blowing Rock, North Carolina, and that's exactly where she's buried at. I knew she was living in the Carolinas. I couldn't remember where. But. She lived for 40 years in Blowing Rock. And then there's there's also Muddy Prickett on here. And I want to say that I know her from something, but it just shows her as Hazel. So she might have been the Hazel's friend that was a maid. But, but Date with the Angels, again, I thought it was very funny throughout the show there was a lot of good jokes it is a graduation from life with elizabeth whereas it's not a one set show think of i love lucy and how they change sets from time to time that's what date with the angels ended up being like where they had okay. multiple sets that they used throughout the episode because she went it was her house and so they had the the living room, dining room area, and then the bedroom, and then they went to the doctor's office and had that set as well. So, I mean, it's not extremely elaborate, but there are multiple sets, and there's a one story for 30 minutes, and it's a little bit more of the traditional sitcom, whereas Life with the Angels, or Life with Elizabeth, rather, was a skit that was done two or three skits in the show and it looks like this was still done in black and white Chris correct yes yeah it was still still no color television at that time and I think the first TV show filmed in color was the adventures of Superman with George Reeves and they were not airing color television at that point in time nobody had color TV it didn't exist but the producers did it in color as a foresight because they knew color was coming. So, and that was the 50s when Superman aired. I think it ended in 57, 58 maybe. So, you're talking 53, 54, they started doing color episodes maybe. When there were no color televisions. But another thing that was on Tubi that you might want to check out. And it's it's basically what the description is. It's called The Pet Set. And Betty White hosted it. She had celebrities come on the show with their pets. And she would talk to them about their pets. She would have, like, Mary Tyler Moore was on an episode. And she brought her dog and then they had a trainer on there because Mary Tyler Moore was having some issues with her dog so they had the trainer work with the dog and the trainer segment was really rushed so it kind of falls flat in that segment but there's another episode with James Brolin and there's the episode that has the elephant come on it might have been the one with James Brolin I can't remember if it was or not but she had an actual elephant on the set of her show and I think it was the Mary Tyler Moore episode. They showed a video of her with the lion where she's laying down next to the lion. And the lion literally lays on top of Betty White's face. And Betty White just lays there for a little bit. 
and then finally starts pushing her way out from underneath the lion who's not getting up. But, and that's the kind of animal lover that Betty White was. And that's why the pet set works is because she loved the animals and it comes through in that, in that series. So, like I said, if you... I finally got the trivia to work. I just went to playing Betty White on IMDb. And it says, did you know, you know what her first gig for acting was? What? It says right here, she received her union card to work in a radio ad by saying the line, Parquet, in a commercial during an episode of Great Gildersleeve. She earned $37.50, but had to pay $69 to join the union. Well, now I do know that she was doing a live show at one point, and I don't remember what the name of it was, I don't remember what, when it aired, but now here's the Betty she White was working, well, no, it wasn't the Betty White show, it was Hollywood Now or something, I mean it was a, a variety show, but it ran, I think it was... Five and a half, six hours a day for six days a week. And that's quite a commitment because you also, you got to think she has to have time to prepare for the shows. And when you're doing a show for five and a half hours or more, you don't have time to prepare during that time. So you have to do before and after all your research and whatever preparations you need make up all of that and that was six days a week that she was doing that so the very first show they have a listener on IMDb as her playing on was the Eddie Gilbert show that was in 1952 she played herself and then she played in the 26th annual academy awards in 1954 um, and then the Betty White show came around with 21 apps yeah under Betty White as herself, IMDb has 357 credits. And I'm scrolling down through here and I'm still in the 2000s trying to get to... Oh wow, she's on Candid Camera? I mean, she appeared on everything. She, she freely admitted that she would do just about anything if somebody asked her. Oh wow, she's on The Price is Right. It wasn't the Eddie Gilbert show, it was the Eddie Albert show, 1952. Yeah, Eddie Albert. Yeah, Eddie Albert. And it says the Betty White show, it's not saying what that show was, I guess. And I really don't know what it was, but it's this is all stuff that she was herself on, and I don't see it, so I have no clue. But, but we're going to move on. There's the, there's the pet set you're talking about from 1971 to 1972. There's 39 episodes there. Yep. <clears throat> and it's, like I said, if, if you love pets and you like seeing celebrities, it's a good combination. You should watch it. But we did, I did make Paul watch the Sue Ann sister episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Did you get the chance to watch it? I did. This one, 
is the one that stands out in my memory because Sue Ann's sister gets offered a job in Minneapolis and Sue Ann gets really depressed and goes home from work early. So the crew of the WJM News goes over to visit her and Mary's the first one into her bedroom where she's in her feathered robe and laying there in a round bed and Mary comes in and immediately looks up and starts fixing or was it no it was Ted that looked up and fixed his hair in the mirrors because that way they I'm sure it was a, a standards and practices thing where they could not say there were mirrors on the ceiling or why there would be mirrors on the ceiling but that way you knew there were mirrors on the ceiling and each one of them comes in you've got Ted and Lou and Murray and Mary and they all come in to to cheer up Sue Ann and at one point I don't remember which one it was hit the button on the remote control but then Sue Ann starts vibrating in the bed and it it honestly looked like the Hold on. and also the lights dimmed above the bed. Oh no that was another button. Yeah, but, that's another about the lights dimmed and then a bed started vibrating. But the when when it started and Betty was shaking in the bed, it really did look like she was fighting a smile as she was doing it because like it was such a ridiculous thing that she was having to do and it's hilarious. And then of course they hit another button and the lights dim. And they hit another button and music plays and I can't... It's an instrumental piece that you'll know as soon as you hear it, but I can't think of what the name of the song is. I want to say the theme from Love is a Mini Splendored Thing, but I don't know if that's right. But, now, me being in... Me doing what I do, because I do interior design and all this other stuff, I was looking at the upholstered bed. That was a very expensive upholstered headboard that was in that room. I don't know if you just, I don't know if you noticed that. That was very, to do a headboard like that in today's times with all those fabrics and the layers of the cloth that's on there, I guarantee you that was a $4,500 upholstered bed. Just the headboard. I guarantee you as much. All I know is there was a lot of pink in that bedroom. And, yeah. But it all ends up, they, they get Sue Ann cheered back up and then. They start out, and Mary comes back in the room, and lays down on the bed, and hits yeah, all the buttons, and, and she she gets the vibrating bed, and the music, and the dimmed lights, and then of course before she leaves, she checks herself in the mirror on the ceiling, and that's the yeah. end of the episode. And I mean, it's it is one of my favorite Betty White episodes of the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and it is hilarious. So. You know, I, I was a big fan of the Mary Tyler Moore show. I didn't, I don't remember watching it when it originally aired. I think I was introduced to it on either Nick at Night or TV Land, probably Nick at Night. And that was when I first encountered Mary Tyler Moore and became a fan and have stayed a How fan. How old were you? 15, maybe. See, I remember watching Mary Tyler Moore with my mom. Um, 
See, she I watched, watched. She loved watching Mary Tyler Moore. Mom watched the Golden Girls, so when it originally aired as a kid, I was sitting there watching it. But see, Mary my Tyler Moore was. That, but she watched. She watched Mary Tyler Moore. I think it went off know, in '77. Running in, but back then they ran reruns like crazy. Well, also Mary Tyler Moore had a ton of episodes. Yeah, because. Yeah. This one was the final season, season seven, episode three, Suanne's sister, and it aired October 9th, 1976. So I was just a few years old when it went off the air. So yeah, I, see, I was... It, show, it showed in syndication after that for years, though. Yeah, I don't think Mom watched the syndication of it. So as a kid, I would not have tuned into it. I did tune into Wonder Woman. I remember watching it in syndication all the time, but... You're so gay. <laughs> well, Wonder Woman was my favorite show. Like, there's a picture of me asleep on the couch at the age of three in my Wonder Woman t-shirt. So... Aw, do you have it? It's on my Facebook. Well, I have to go to your Facebook pictures before you get blocked again. Well, I'll, I'll be banned, but... My pictures won't be, so they'll still be on there to review. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, I can still look at your pictures. But but then, after that, we went to the Golden Girls. And I wanted to pick one specific episode, because this was one that I watched it in its original run, which was January 11th, 1986. And I remembered the story at the end. And I remembered my mom not finding it as funny as I did. And that was that the whole story was she, Betty White's character Rose sleeps with a man who ends up dying in her bed. And she has to tell what she thinks is the man's sister ends up being his wife that he died in her bed. And... The wife was coincidentally played by the woman who played Lou Grant's wife on Mary Tyler Moore Show. And when she's telling her about him dying in her bed, she explains that her husband Charlie died of a heart attack after they had slept together. And then this guy was the first guy she had been with after that. And he died of a heart attack after they slept together. And she was up for a... Was it a cruise that she could go on? She was going off on a trip with... I think the guy's name was Arnie. He didn't appear in the episode, but... She's going on the trip, and she's trying to decide whether or not she should because she thinks she has this curse where anybody she sleeps with dies. And, and so she comes back, and she sits down at the kitchen table, and she starts telling uh, Blanche and... And Dorothy about it, and she goes that she slept with him, and he died. And then she told the sheriff about her her ability where she she sleeps with men and they die. And he said, "I don't believe that. Sleep with me." So she did, and he died. And and then she just starts laughing. And she goes, "Oh, everybody's fine. I was kidding." And Blanche and Dorothy get mad and storm out of the room. And she goes, "Well, I thought it was funny." And that's why I remember my mom's reaction, because my mom was upset with her thinking it was not funny, and I thought it was hilarious. 
So I was on the side of Rose, Mom was on the side of, of Blanche and Dorothy. But that was the story that I always remembered from the Golden Girls, and I thought it was one of the funniest things they did. What did you think about it? Um, I didn't watch that episode. I didn't see where I was supposed to watch it. But, um, anyways. Well. Now, if you're talking about Golden Girls in general, I can talk to you about any of the episodes. So, all I know, if there's ever any kind of problems in the house, here came out the cheesecake. Yep. Well, there's, there's also the one where she got the cake in the shape of Florida from the erotic bakery. I remember that one. So, I remember that. So that's, that's why I've, I've put on Facebook that on January 17th, I think we should make a new traditional meal. Have hot dogs and cheesecake in the shape of quote, unquote, Florida. Yeah, I remember, I saw that. And that way you honor... Rose from the Golden Girls, and you honor Betty White because she loved hot dogs. Which that's one thing I've I've thought about. I've never seen what Betty White's favorite toppings for hot dogs were. Hmm. Have you? No, but I don't think I remember seeing that. I'm I'm gonna have to look that up sometime and see what she chose because um, I I know she loved hot dog. It was her favorite food, but I don't know what kind of toppings she put on them, if any. Now. She knew it was going to be a good one when she said that I was a little girl growing up in, um, what is it? St. Olaf. St. Olaf, yes. I was a little girl growing up in St. Olaf. You know, and she, I remember her going one episode, it's like, you know, it was the Plahoof of Plahoffin or whatever it was. And they go, all of them looked at it and said, what? <laughs> the Plahoof of Well, there's, there's... There's one, and I don't remember what episode it was, and I don't know if the story is real, but watching the reactions of B. Arthur and uh, Rue McClanahan, I very much believe that it's real, because it's the three of them sitting around the table, and Rose is telling the story, and it gets more and more outrageous, and she just keeps on, well, Betty White doesn't look at the other two. She looks off to the side or down at the table, and she just keeps okay, talking. An and yeah, B. So Arthur and Rue McClanahan oh. are having to hide their laughter, and it's almost like a throwback to the Carol Burnett show, because yeah. you know Tim Conway and Harvey Corman were notorious for trying to make everybody laugh and screw up the skits, which is what made the Carol Burnett show work so well. But but it was, I mean, if if you see the scene, and like I said, I can't remember which one it is right offhand, but you will know instantly which one I'm talking about. Oh, 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 oh. One of my favorites is whenever, um, whenever Betty White is talking about how many people she slept with. And, and also, it was like a comparison against, um, it was uh, Rupert Clanahan's character, um, what's her name, uh, Blanche. And it goes, um, well, Blanche goes, well, I've slept with 57. And she goes, oh, well, if you're, if you're including that, well, I've slept with 300. And then they all turn to look at Rose and says, she goes, I remember Blanche going, you did not! <laughs> 
the way she said that to her. And she's like, well, yeah, if you include blah, 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 blah. She said, well, um, Rose, I would make you a slut. And, um, and then, um, and then, uh, the, um, uh, what's her name? B. Arthur's character. Dorothy. Um, Dorothy chimed in and says, no, you hold the, the crown to all slutdom, Blanche. You are the queen of all sluts. Just like that at her. So it's, it's the whole going back and forth of who's the bigger whore. Who slept with the most men? <laughs> You can go on with Golden Girls stories all night long. Like we could do a two-hour podcast just on Golden Girls stories, and but because there was the one where they did the the song "Miami is nice," so I'll say it twice: "Miami is nice, Miami is nice, Miami is nice." Miami, you're cuter than an inner uterine. But, but anyways, moving on. I I had Paul watch the Ugly Betty episode, Bananas for Betty. Did you get to watch that one? I did. That one and was. You know what? The the very few episodes I've watched of Ugly Betty, I totally forgot how much Vanessa Williams' character is such a bitch. Yeah, and she was great in the role. And she was. This one really makes you hate Wilhelmina Slater, let me just tell you. Which is how uh, yes. Vanessa Williams' character. I heard her name Wilhelmina, I was like, oh my god, I have not heard that name, and I can't tell you how long Wilhelmina Slater, wow. But, but basically, I mean, it's well into the episode before Betty White makes her appearance. But Wilhelmina Slater pushes an old woman out of the way to get into the cab. Or no, well, she's she to, turned around she's to, to her autograph, her, didn't she? She's trying to rebuild her her um, public perception because everybody thinks she's a bitch. So she's trying to rebuild that and, and doing stuff for all the poor people and all this other stuff. And, and create a new magazine. someone catches her on camera pushing down Betty White and she closes up Betty White's hand into a door of a cab and pushed her down and then threw money on her. And I thought, damn, you're mean as hell. And and the the best part comes later when Betty White wants to make up with Wilhelmina Slater in the hospital, and they're filming it, and uh, Wilhelmina Slater grabs Betty White's hand, and Betty White goes, "Ow! Did you see that? She's trying to kill me!" And it's like <laughs> it's so outrageous and unlike Betty White. That it is absolutely hilarious. And, and just to let you know, Betty White is playing herself in this show. She isn't playing a character, she's playing herself. But. So, yeah, everybody knows she's beloved, and everybody loves her, and she's playing herself. <laughs> and if you go to watch it, there's little things that you have to know from the series, like the Daniel Mead and Alexis Mead have a paintball war to determine who's going to be the head of Mead Publications after their their father dies. And Alexis Mead actually was transgender. So that character used to be Daniel's brother, now it's Daniel's sister. 
Judith Light from... Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a brief mention of it in the episode. And... Maybe I didn't catch it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's real brief. Like, basically, said and done. And then Judith White from Who's the Boss plays their mother. And she's in prison. And America Ferreira is fantastic as Betty. Christopher Gorham is Henry, who is Betty's boyfriend. And he was on Jake 2.0 which I enjoyed quite a bit, but I never did watch it until it was on the, the Sci-Fi Network. And he was also in a show called Harper's Island, where every week somebody died. They were killed, and that was the mystery of who I was killed. I remember them. that. And I really enjoyed that show. It was like 13 episodes or so, and it was one season. Which it's ringing a bell. It, yeah, wouldn't, ringing a bell. it wouldn't have been good to do for more than one season, but... It was a really good one season. The The one who played Bobby on Supernatural was in yeah. Harper's Island as well. And, uh, oh, crazy guy, Gary Busey, his son was in Harper's Island. Gary Busey's crazy, and we all love him for it. Let me tell you what. You ever watched the movie um, with... Um, Beverly Hills Cop. I tried. I never could get into it. Okay, go back and watch the... It's Beverly Hills Cop or Beverly Hills Cop 2. Gary Busey played is in it. I think it's the first one. Might be both. Well, something tragic goes on inside that movie, and I wish I could never... I wish I could unsee it. But Gary Busey's fully naked in it. Yeah. Walking in front of the camera, buck naked. He was great in Silver Bullet. And, and I wish I never saw that. I'm pretty sure he did his own voice in Family Guy. And I was looking through the list of stuff Betty White did, and I had forgotten that Betty White voiced herself in Family Guy. Oh, did she? Yeah, she. if I'm remembering it correctly, the episode was called Peter Rodica, which... Again, I saw on IMDb, but if I remember it correctly, Peter wrote an erotic novel, and Betty White read the novel for the audiobook. Interesting. So, so there you go. Another reason to watch Family Guy. You got Betty White in it. Yeah, you've gone back to that um, movie you mentioned, um, Silver Bullet. That's probably my my favorite werewolf movie ever. That one's really good. And was it Cursed from Wes Craven with Christina Ricci? And um, was it Pasty from Dawson's Creek? I haven't seen that one. Oh, that one's really I good. I heard that American Werewolf in London is good. I've never seen it. I've never gotten into it, so... But... But I think that's a good place to stop with her TV appearances. And we, we'll be back in the second half talking about her movies and probably reflecting more on her TV appearances because, you know, she was all she about TV. She such an expensive and, career. I mean... And spanned for decades. And the fact remains that she 
had new life continuously. Like, she was in life with Elizabeth and date with the angels in the 50s. And then she was on Mary Tyler Moore, supposed to be a one-time deal. She was not supposed to appear in more than one episode of Mary Tyler Moore. And it worked so well, they kept bringing her back. So she didn't appear until the fourth season of Mary Tyler Moore, and she's remembered as one of the major cast members of the entire series. Yeah. So, what was it, 40, 50, 60 episodes maybe that she did? Yeah. Out of 170? So, you know, it kind of shows how much she did. Uh, she came in in the second season of Bob with Bob Newhart. And... I remember Bob Newhart. I loved that show. Well, it was Bob. It was his third self-titled sitcom because there was the Bob Newhart show, there was Newhart, and then there was Bob. And Bob was not Maybe a big it's success. Newhart. Newhart was when they were... The end. Like, uh, like an end that they were working Yeah, the end yeah. in Vermont. Yeah. Bob Newhart show, he was a psychiatrist. And that was the thing. Newhart had the greatest series finale ever because... He wakes up, and the whole series of Newhart was a dream. He's in bed with Suzanne Plachette in the Chicago bedroom. So I remember that. So yeah, but yeah, and you you have to think that Betty White would have been great in any of those shows. And we'll we'll discuss it more as we're running down on time here, but. We'll be back. We're definitely going to discuss you again on Disney Plus, and we're definitely going to discuss the proposal because that was my favorite movie of 2009, hands down. So we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back. And first up, Let's go ahead and get the only bit of news that I'm going to do this week because it is Betty White news. And that is the film celebration. One night only in theaters. Betty White's 100th celebration is moving forward. And they will still be showing it in movie theaters around the country on January 17th. I believe it's two shows that day. It is called Betty White 100 Years Young. And it's that day and that day only. But the film is still going to be distributed and exhibited in honor of her 100th birthday. It's just a shame that she didn't make it to be a part of that. Yeah, I just wonder how that... Are they just going to be having a lot of stars talking about her or something, I guess? Well, it says the film now is simply titled Betty White, A Celebration. So they have changed the title. So, which is fitting because Betty White, a hundred years young, she didn't quite make it officially. Yeah. All intents and purposes, she was a hundred years old, but I mean, she was seventeen days away. But she was born. I can't forget what when she was when she was born. Nineteen twenty-two. And old enough to remember it because it started in what 1929 when she was seven. Yeah. So 
She lived through that. She lived through the Wizard of Oz being released on the big screen. She missed World War One, but she very much was a part of World War Two. Even served. Yeah, she she saw the Wizard of Oz coming out on the big screen. She saw um, uh, that means she saw she had it, she was very much could have seen um, Gone with the Wind come out on the big screen. The the invention of the television. Yeah, I mean. How many of us saw the introduction of the television? Oh, that is, that's amazing. She's a she's a living history book. And so just just to have been able to pick her brain would have been amazing. Like the things yeah. that you could have talked to her about cuz she was a part of old Hollywood, she was a part of new Hollywood. You know, just to give you perspective, my grandmother, my mama's mama, she was born in 1914, and she died back in the mid-90s, and Betty White was only born uh, six, seven years after that. If it was 1914, it was eight. Eight years? She's only born eight years after that. Look how long she lived. That's amazing. And and quite honestly, if we could have found a way to keep her alive for another hundred years, I think everybody would have done it. And that was something I did post, and unfortunately it didn't last. But Betty White's final gift to us, in her passing, she unified the world. Like, literally. Yeah. Everybody came together mourning the loss of Betty White. Yeah. I mean, you didn't hear any bad words about her. You didn't see people fighting on social media. At least I didn't. It's like it all just stopped to honor Betty White. I remember seeing... It's one of those random interviews, one of the older, I guess she did some kind of interviews shortly before she passed away, I forget with who, but um, they asked her what's her key to her longevity, and she said, I wish I could give you an answer to that, she goes, but uh, they said, do you eat any kind of special foods or anything? She says, no, I eat anything I want. I was like, okay, well, you go. George Burns, didn't he live to a hundred and something? He lived to be a hundred and two, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it was a martini and a cigar every day. It was some kind of alcoholic drink and a cigar every day. Yeah, and she loved hot, she loved to eat hot dogs. Yep. And they said if Betty White loved to eat hot dogs, that was one of her favorite foods. And they said that, you know, if it's true, a hot dog... Eating one hot dog would take an average of 34 minutes off your life. They said it's not true. They said, look at how long Betty White lived. And she ate hot dogs all the time. Yep. And, and see, that's, that's the other thing was for those who do want an authentic Betty White dinner to celebrate her birthday, hot dogs and her favorite drink was vodka on ice. Yep. So, yep. personally, I won't be partaking in the vodka because I don't like alcohol. But... I, I do intend to try and find some veggie dogs in honor of that way on her birthday. 
Anyways. I was going to say, you can always eat some corn instead of having the liquor, so I will also be doing my best to donate on January 17th in honor of Betty White to an animal fund. And that's one thing that I've seen a lot of people posting that let's honor her by donating to your local animal shelter. And I was thinking, just imagine if everybody who loved Betty White would donate just $5 to an animal shelter or the ASPCA or the Humane Society or some reliable animal welfare group. You could have their funding covered for the rest of the year in honor of Betty White. And to me, that's pretty amazing and would make her happier than anything else we could do. So, let's all try on January 17th to knock out the bills for the animal shelters and donate $5. We can all afford a $5 donation. And the reason, I, the reason I say that I'm going to try and do it on that day is because that is the day that I work a 12-hour shift. So, my plan is to try Sunday night at midnight to go and donate because at that point it becomes Monday, January 17th. Betty White's 100th birthday. Yeah. So, in that way, and I know it's like, it doesn't matter when it goes in, but it's just, I want the point to be that it's in honor of Betty White. That's why I want to yeah. do it on January 17th. I know she wouldn't care as long as it's donated, but, you know, I just, I want to make that special emphasis on there. That's a good idea. And, like I said, if everybody would do it, the animal shelter could be funded for the rest of the year. Yeah. Just because you love Betty White. And what better way to honor her? Like, I had a friend who said that he didn't think watching stuff was an honorable way to remember her. And I was like, well, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at it. One, she did all this entertainment... To make us happy. Watching what she did for us would make her happy in an honorary way. But if you don't want to do that, give your pet extra love that day. Show your pet love in honor of Betty White. Because that was one thing I noticed on the This Is Your Life Betty White that I watched today. Mary Tyler Moore couldn't be there so she was on via satellite and had her dog, Dash, which Betty White knew the name of Mary Tyler Moore's dog instantly. And then Mary Tyler Moore introduced Betty to the new member of the family, a new dog that Mary Tyler Moore had, and Betty White was absolutely thrilled. She was more thrilled to see the new dog than she was to see the cast of the Mary Tyler Moore show. I mean, it's, you could see the love that she had for animals in everything she did. And she literally made me cry. And it was a Thanksgiving special on Fox. Supporting animal shelters. And trying to get animals rescued. And she was on with the part for the aging animals. 
and she made this monologue. I can't remember her exact words, but literally the tears flowed because she was talking about how you should never give up your older dog just because they get old. Yeah. And I was like, first off, I can't imagine getting rid of my pet because they're old. Like, I understand that as they age, they get more issues and harder to take care of. But they're a family member. They are a lifelong commitment. I could never. Like, I've put my dogs to sleep, and it's a hard, hard decision. There is a video I saw on TikTok today that reminds me of that. She, or is, um, apparently this... <coughs> dog has been missing from this family for about three or four years so they got a phone call from a shelter was that the one in Florida huh the one where it was found in Florida like 600 miles away it was a husky was it a husky I can't remember I I know the it was just recently in the news this was a husky and and the husky's friend which is a small little tiny dog smelled that husky through the door to get inside that shelter back where that cage is locked at and that little dog was having a fit and then they opened up the door and that little dog took off running past all the other dogs and went straight to that cage where that husky's at and it's like started saying hey 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 like and all of a sudden that husky goes I mean it's like they was like reunited it's like they remembered each other that wasn't the one that I was thinking of. It was the one that I saw was the the guy who had the dog died, and the mother wasn't able to keep it or something, and the the dog ended up hundreds of miles away and was found in Florida like a couple years later after they had written off ever being able to see the dog again, and. Yeah. The foster family had called, like, the that was the issue that the mother had was she couldn't keep the dog that her son loved so much, but she insisted on still being a part of the dog's life, which I thought was yeah. really sweet. And the mm, dog... I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, it's her... Conne- See, I, I took in my mom's cat, so I understand because it's still a connection to your loved one. Like, this was mom's cat. He reminds me of mom. And it's a good memory. She couldn't take care of the dog, but she wanted that memory in her life. It's still a connection. So I can see. And, and, you know, people have different reasons for why they can't have a pet. Like, where they live doesn't allow them. They physically can't take care of them. They don't have the money to support them. Whatever. Any number of things can keep you from having a pet. And so her wanting to stay in the dog's life was pretty significant, I thought. And the the reunion, it was probably more joyous for the mother because of that connection to her son. So one... They didn't know for all this time what happened to the dog, and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, there's the dog, just healthy as can be. So, but anyways, that's things Betty would have loved is 
stories about animals because, like as we said, she absolutely loved them. And that's another reason why I love her so much. Because me being a big animal rights advocate, her being a big animal rights advocate, it's automatic connection. And how can you not love animals seriously? Well, there's some heartless assholes out there. Well, like, yeah, but, but that will move on to her movie appearances. And first off, I'm going to go with the TV movie. We touched on it earlier, and that was the TV movie Eunice. Of course, based on the skits of the family from the Carol Burnett show, and ended up leading into the TV series Mama's Family. Eunice told the story of Mama younger with Eunice being a teenager and then it skips so many years and it skips some more years and it skips to the end and if again not warning about spoilers because there's going to be spoilers all through but the the final segment is the one where Betty White is in as Ellen it's the only part of Eunice that she's in and it is on the DVDs of Mama's Family on season two so if you haven't seen it and you'd like to, that's where you can find it. But the the final segment, Mama has died, and Ellen and Philip, who was played by Ken Berry, who played Vent on Mama's family. He plays the brother on this, but he's much different than Vinton. And Eunice are all back to the house after the funeral and that segment's actually more dramatic there's some comedy in it but most of the segment is all drama and it's dealing with mama's death so of course it's sad and Betty White as always does a wonderful job in the role and Ellen was not the most likable character I mean Eunice had a lot of flaws but you still loved her Mama was completely flawed, but you loved it. Ellen was just kind of hard to like. Like, all through the series, as much as you love Betty White, Ellen was a difficult character to enjoy. And but the, the TV movie, I really enjoyed it. And if I don't think we would have gotten Mama's Family had we not gotten the Eunice TV movie. So, See, I didn't know that existed. I didn't either until I read one of Betty White's books. That was a precursor books. to Mama's Family. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've, I found out about it in Betty White's book, where she was talking about being on the Eunice movie. Because yeah. okay. that was my introduction to it. But there was a version of it on YouTube that I watched after I found out about it, but it did not have the final segment where Mama died. So, the the DVDs of Mama's Family Season 2, you actually have the full TV movie. And it's it was 90 minutes on television, I believe. It says an hour and 30 minutes on IMDb, but, you know, after you take commercials out, it's like 76, 77 minutes. So, yeah. But if you get a chance, check it out. It, it is a different performance from Betty White in it, because... I don't know if 
it was intentionally not playing for laughs because of Mama dying or if they meant for it to be funnier than what I actually thought it was, but it's definitely a good watch. So, and of course, we didn't watch it, but yeah, can't talk about Betty White's film career without mentioning her character in Lake Placid. Lake Placid? Uh, was that in the first one? Yeah, she was in the first one. Because I think, I remember, didn't she have a gun or something like that? I All I remember was she was pretty foul-mouthed and she was mean. and It's been a few years, like 10, 15 years since I've seen it. But... She, she definitely was a completely different sure character a, in it. She was a gun-toting granny in that show, in that movie. I'm pretty sure. Well, you know, she was trying to feed the cro- the crocodile that was in the lake. Yep, I remember that. And then saving the babies, so... Wow. But... We'll go into the one that Paul picked, which was You Again. Yep. And, of course, that was on Disney+. Plus. Paul, you picked this one. We'll go ahead and... We're not going to rate these this week, because we're just celebrating Betty White, but we will talk about it, and I'll let you go ahead and describe this one real quick. Well, what it is, is um, it's these kids that graduated, and then they went on to create an adult life for themselves... And um, one of the daughters has to end up moving back home. And um, she's running into all these old high school people she used to run around with. And um, Betty White's her grandmother in this. And um, it's all about, you know, I can't believe, you know, her, her brother ends up, it's her brother who ends up dating her nemesis that was in high school that treated her so badly and um let's see uh watch your face is her mother in this um jamie lee curtis uh, jamie lee curtis is her mother in this and she's like she's she was a cheerleader and then her brother's um bride to be is a cheerleader which ended up treating i think her name was marnie in the yeah. in the movie she treated Marnie so badly in high school. And she's like, you treated me so badly. She's like, I don't remember. Then they end up remembering that they, you know, yes, I treated you badly, blah, 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 blah. So, and then there was this big smackdown at her wedding. And it was just, and then at the very end of the movie, I love that <laughs> Betty White's like towards the end of the movie. And then she turns around and sees, what's, what's the actress's name? Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman across the room, and it's like well, Betty White goes from like real, real quick. The the thing that kind of struck me funnier about that was yeah. on the Mary Tyler Moore show, Betty White, Sue Ann Nivens, slept with Lars, which was Phyllis's husband. Phyllis was played by Cloris Leachman. So oh, they had okay. the rivalry on Mary Tyler Moore show, and then come to find out, they had a rivalry in you again. The rivalry there, yeah. So she turns and sees they're at the, the wedding reception or whatever. 
Betty White turns and looks and is crossed away. There's there she's standing in the air, and all of a sudden this ugly look came across Betty White's face, and she goes, "Oh, you again, just like that." And it was just like, "Here they go." It, it, I loved the movie. It was very funny. I loved it. Well, it's, it's like I told Paul when he suggested this one. I was like, you know, I've never seen it and I've wanted to. So this is a perfect time to watch it. So I was all for this option. And I did enjoy it very much. There were some very big surprise guest stars. Because, one, this was a 2010 movie. So I have not seen a trailer for it in a good 10, 12 years. So I was going into it with a fresh slate. Didn't know what it was about. Just knew that Betty White was in it and I wanted to see it. So then... Oh, well, there's a slew of stars in it. The the very first surprise guest star in it is the Marshal on the Airplane, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah. And then, like, of course, Kristen Bell was main cast member, so you knew her... If, if you knew about the film, you know her, Sigourney Weaver, Jamie Lee Curtis, Betty White. They were all mentioned. Kristen Chenoweth, I did not realize was going to come in. Patrick Duffy, did not expect yeah. him. I mean, it was just a lot of surprise appearances throughout it. But it was a very strong cast in this film. And Odette Annabelle, I was looking her up because I... Throughout the film, I was like, I know her from something. I don't know what I've seen her in, but I know her from something. Well, she was in a few episodes of Brothers and Sisters, so that might have been it. But she was Rain in Supergirl. And that's why I knew who she was. That is weird, because I've never seen Supergirl, so that's all about you there, so... Yeah. Yeah, so... And Victor Garber, of course, was on Alias... He was Professor Stein on The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. So you've got two of the DC TV shows from the CW with stars in this movie. And of course, who doesn't know where Jamie Lee Curtis is from? Halloween made her career. And yeah, she's the original Scream Queen, of course. Sigourney Weaver and Alien. So there you have two horror queens. And... Kristen Bell, as soon as I see her, the first thing I think of is her love of sloths because of Ellen DeGeneres' show where Kristen Bell was on and she was talking about her love of sloths. And so, I mean, very good cast. The story is fun. And, yeah, it's a little predictable in parts, but you, until you see it, you don't know that the whole deal with Cloris Leachman's coming. You... You didn't know that Jamie Lee Curtis and Sigourney Weaver were going to have the rivalry. And so it's a lot of surprises all through the film, especially the guest stars. And oh, yeah. The one thing that I will say, pretty sure it wasn't her because they didn't show her face. But when Kristen Chenoweth's character first appears, she comes down on the silks. And the body looked identical to Kristen Chenoweth. Like, I have never seen a double that fits so well because, you know, Kristen Chenoweth has a certain body type. She's and small. she's tiny. Kristen and Chenoweth's a tiny woman. 
and when they were showing her from behind coming down the silks, it literally looked like her. But like I said, they didn't show her face, so I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But yeah. that alone was pretty impressive that they got such a good body double. And the trivia right there on the main page of IMDb, the house used by Marnie's family is the same house used in Freaky Friday of 2003 with Jamie Lee Curtis. So it's like her going back to the house. That is, yep. That's pretty cool. It says in the movie, Kristen Bell plays James Wolk's younger sister. In real life, Bell is five years older than Wolk. Of course, she was also in Veronica Mars, which I never watched that show, but that's where Kristen Bell got her name made. I never watched Veronica Mars, but I know she was in it. Um, the date of which the time capsule made in the movie was to be opened was May 10th, 2052. May 10th is Odette Annabelle's birthday. So... That was a little Easter egg they threw in there, apparently. But yeah, it's, like I said, it's on Disney+, and if you get the chance, definitely give it a shot. It's, it's not a lot of Betty White in it, but the funniest scene that I saw with her was her with the, the dentures. Because that was, that was out of nowhere. I was not expecting that. And, like, they even gave her gums. So, so like, it was, like, literally she had no teeth. And we all know Betty White did have her teeth still. But they they did some kind of fake gum for her. Yeah, it was, that amused me quite a bit. So... Again, Disney Plus, if you want to watch it, it's definitely worth your time. And that brings us to my pick, which, as I said, was my favorite film of 2009, which is The Proposal. And, of course, anybody who doesn't know the story, it is Sandra Bullock is a Canadian who's working at a book publishing company in, in, in New York City. Her visa is expired. And she didn't file the proper paperwork, so she is to be deported. And she forces her assistant, Ryan Reynolds, to marry her because he's American and she can stay in the country. And Ryan Reynolds is trying to go home for the weekend to go to his Grandma Annie's 90th birthday. And Annie is played by Betty White. And Betty White absolutely steals this film throughout the the part where she's looking for Sandra Bullock's boobs in the in the wedding dress, the the part where she first meets Sandra Bullock and trying to figure out what to call her. Then and finally, where you don't know what's happening until you've seen it, and she fakes the heart attack so that she can get them to the airport because all they're doing is arguing. And literally, the first time I watched it, and even subsequent watchings, I tear up, but I think I literally cried when Betty White had the heart attack the first time I watched it. Because you didn't know that she was faking it. 
And, yeah. And it's Betty White. How can you not? But it was... She was fantastic. Of course, you have Ramon, who is a little bit of everything in the town, including the stripper. And it's just, there's so much outrageousness throughout this film and so much humor, and it is really well written. And Betty White has a really significant role in this movie. So, this one. If you don't get to see any other films that she's in, this is probably one of the best choices because it is a really good film and she has a very prominent role throughout. Because, like I said, uh, how old was she in that film, Chris? I think she was eighty-eight. Let's see, it was it was released in two thousand nine, so she'd have been ninety-three years later, eighty-seven. And. I can't remember what all else was out in 2009. I just remember when I watched this, I instantly loved it. I tried to push it on everybody, telling them they should watch it. It was, it was a summer release, so June 19, 2009, it came out. The budget was $40 million. Opening weekend in U.S. and Canada made over $33.5 million. The U.S. and Canadian gross was almost $164 million. So, first off, it's surprising that they filmed this with a budget of $40 million with the star power, because Ryan Reynolds was actually becoming a name, even though the little skit with Betty White will tell you that nobody knew who he was, and knows who you are. <laughs> the Sandra Bullock was definitely able to She's demand like some money, and huge star power. Betty White, I mean, not a real theatrical draw, but... It's Betty White, so, you know, she could de demand some money. And you had Craig T. Nelson, who, again, not big budget for him, but he can demand some money. Mary Steenburgen's been in quite a few hits along the way in the theater. Again, not the biggest moneymaker in Hollywood, but she could demand some money. So, the... I think the budget was mainly cast. Because I'd say at least half of the budget was the the payment to Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, Betty White, Mary Steenburgen, and Craig T. Nelson. There wasn't no special effects or anything like that in the movie? Or anything? Not really. I mean, I don't really think there was anything. There was They had to rent the planes and stuff. So... Because they had the airport scene, and I mean, you can you can do some faking, but the they had the plane where Betty White was loaded in, and they landed it at the airport and got them out of it. So they at least had to rent one plane, and of course, using the the ferry from. The mainland to the island and all that. So, and of course the the heads ups on Margaret coming into the office and the mass emails going through the the office so that everybody knew to get to work and make it look like they were doing something. And what was it? The Ryan Reynolds went in and checked the witches on her broom. 
so they would know she was getting ready to come out of the office. So now wasn't didn't Sandra Bullock's character play a bitch in this? Oh yeah. She was very Was mean. this the one she tried to convince him to marry her? Yeah. Or she was like Was that it? Yeah, that's what I They ended up falling. Well no, see, I think I've seen this movie now that I'm thinking about it. And they end up falling in love to love with each other at the end and they end up proposing actually, right? Well, he the way he puts it is he wants her to marry him so that he can date her. Okay. Because, you know, if he doesn't marry her, then she has to leave the country. Yeah. And, and of course, the, the guy who was interviewing them from INS, if you've watched American Horror Story, you absolutely have seen him. I'm trying to find his name because I can't think of it right offhand. Dennis O'Hare. Yeah, it's, it's blowing pretty good here, too. But he was very prominent in the American Horror Story Hotel. So I don't know if you saw Hotel, but... Hotel sucks. Oh, Hotel was great. Oh, God, no, it was not. Yeah, it was. Hotel's one of the... the that is my best. least favorite one out of all of them. <coughs> Uh, across the board, people tend to like Hotel a lot. Whatever. Um, the, the trivia right here on the main page for the proposal, Betty White almost turned down her role in the film because filming would require her to spend ten weeks away from her golden retriever. Aww. And we'll love her to the end, I'm telling you. And what's, what's not to love about a golden retriever, honestly? Daughter and are so sweet. Oh, and then it says Julia Roberts was the first choice to play Margaret, but reportedly refused to take a pay cut, so Sandra Bullock took over the role. That was the second movie in the same year in which Roberts was offered a leading role and turned it down, with the role going to Bullock. The other movie was The Blind Side, which won Bullock a Best Actress Oscar. So, you're telling me that... Julia Roberts turned down the blind side. That's what it says. Not saying that that hurt her, but it would have helped her. Well, it definitely helped Sandra Bullock. Oh, I know it did. It put her back on the map big time. And it said she and Ryan Reynolds had been friends for nine years prior to shooting this movie. The, ke- the puppy named Kevin is played by four American Eskimo puppies named Flurry, Sitka, Nanu, and Winter. Which, that was another funny scene, was when the, the eagle takes the dog, and she throws the phone at the eagle to get the dog back, and then the eagle takes her phone, and she's trying to offer the dog to the eagle to get her phone back. Remember that one, but I've only seen it one time though. Oh, uh, yeah. you you definitely need to go back and watch it. And honestly, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I own the the copy, which was I watched it on Vudu. So, 
look it up real quick and see if it shows that it's streaming anywhere. Okay. It says, in both the proposal and in While You Were Sleeping, the weddings were fake, and Sandra Bullock's character was gaining something by getting married. One to stay in the U.S. and the other to gain a family. Which, While You Were Sleeping was a good movie, too. And then I saw that Tubi had While You Were Sleeping listed as a Christmas movie, and I didn't remember it being set in Christmas. So that's, that's one I need to go back and watch again. And it's worth buying, let me just tell you, because I absolutely love this well, movie. Buy it for seventeen ninety nine or rent it for three ninety nine. I already bought it. Bought it on Blu ray. So. Hmm. Yeah, if I looked it up on my Apple TV and Apple TV pulls from all my streaming stuff that's on there. And it would have pulled it from, if it was Hulu or whatever on my phone, but it's not streaming on anything. I have stars, I have everything on my phone, so. <clears throat> now, the trivia is also picking apart some things like the the green card status of the com if the company really valued her, but and the the buoy having the number twenty seven, where red buoys have even numbers and green buoys have odd numbers. Well, they are really picking it apart, aren't they? Yeah, but I guess that's nothing that's going to take away from my enjoyment of this film because the story really works, and I mean, yeah, it's. It's pretty outlandish that they would fall in love like they did, but it's presented in a what's realistic that, way. So what's that kind of what's that what's that called? Uh, Stockholm syndrome, where you're in love with your captor. Fall in love with your captor, yeah. But yeah, if you haven't seen the proposal, I highly suggest seeing it. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, Betty White is very prominent in it. And the chant scene where Betty White's dancing around the fire and Sandra Bullock comes and joins her and then starts joining the rap, which is absolutely hilarious. And So, yeah, it's this movie is full of great little moments. And I've watched it a good five or six times now, I'm sure. And... It's never gotten old yet. So. And that's where we're at with this week. And, I mean, there's so many more performances. We didn't discuss Hot in Cleveland, which that was a show. I watched the first episode and I loved Betty White on it. The rest of the yeah. episode, I just didn't care much for. So I never did watch another episode. My, um, my, my mom was alive. She made a point to watch every episode. She loved it. Yeah, see, it might have gotten better after that first episode, but it just... Betty White wasn't enough to pull me back because I knew she wasn't going to be a regular. And she wasn't supposed to come back, actually, the way I remember it. She was just supposed to be in the pilot. Because yeah, but of, she did. Yeah. 
yeah. of limitations in her schedule, but then ended up being able to. Of course, we have to mention the show that was on NBC and went to Lifetime, which was Betty White's Off Their Rockers. If you I don't remember that. Oh, if you never saw it, find and see if you can find to watch it because it was hilarious. Betty White just basically hosted it, but it was old people doing gags. And uh, I think it was David Spade's mother was one of the, the ones that did the gags. But they would just go, kind of like a hidden camera prank thing. and But it was old people doing it. And it was very, very funny. So, of course, Betty White couldn't be the gags because everybody knows Betty White. So they had to have people that nobody knew to do the gags to get away with it. So, but it was her show. She hosted it. And it ran, I believe, two seasons on NBC and then another few seasons on Lifetime. But, and I watched the WWE Raw episode with Betty White from 2014. Well, what was she doing on there? She was hosting it. And... I mean, I basically fast-forwarded through the matches just to see Betty White. and So she was doing like a Vince McMahon type thing? No, she was a host. They, Raw used to have celebrity hosts. They had the Muppets host. They had Bob Barker host. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, all along they had all these different people to host. Her total screen time was probably less than 10 minutes. In a two or three hour show, but the the best thing and it's it's been shown many times because how can you tribute Betty White without showing her coming on Raw and the big show asking her what she's gonna do and she says I'm gonna kick some ass. <laughs> so and there's there's a scene where she's talking to the divas as they called them at the time the female wrestlers and. There's she's having a cup of tea with the road dog and Billy Gunn and she asks for lemon and they both go to get her lemon and she switches cups with Billy Gunn and in the next match Road Dog and Billy Gunn are sitting out at ringside and they keep flashing to him so I stopped at one point to see and Billy Gunn kept like holding his stomach and moving around in the chair and then after the match ends, they're like attacking the team that's in there. Well, Billy Gunn goes running up the the ramp, holding his butt, because apparently she had a laxative in the cup, and I missed it. I don't know if she did it, or if they did it, or if nobody did it on screen, and she just switched the cups, and he got what they were trying to give her. So, I, I'm, I missed if they showed it, but... And then she came back on for one more brief segment after that, and that was about all she did on there. But still, it was Betty White, and who doesn't want to see more Betty White? And today... I just wonder if there's any unreleased shows that she's done that they just, like, vaulted it and then come out with it. I kind of think she probably, every... Like, pilot that she did ended up getting picked up. I don't know of any pilots that she did that didn't get picked up. At least since Mary Tyler Moore show. I can't imagine 
Because one, whether she wouldn't have done a, too whether many. Whether it be a pilot or, you know, some stuff that got put on the cutting room floor and they just vaulted at that point. You see what I'm saying? I can't imagine they would cut Betty White out of something. No. I mean, maybe in the 50s, but after you get to Mary Tyler Moore time, I, I just can't imagine there was anything. There, She was in an episode of My Name is Earl, which was a fantastic show, and she was great on that. I never did see her in Boston Legal, so I don't know what she was like on that one. I'm just going down through here on the list. There's a TV movie, Annie's Point, which I think was a drama, but I didn't watch it. I didn't see her on The Practice. And those are things I would like to see, because I don't really know her in the dramatic roles. I know her in the comedy roles. She was the bus driver on Ellen did, on the Ellen Show. After Ellen, there was the Ellen Show that was on CBS that made it one season and was basically doomed from the is start the because one, people hate Ellen. The one she come out, she said she was gay across the uh, airport or something like that. No, that was Ellen. The Ellen Show. Cloris Leachman played her mom, and and basically the Mary Tyler Moore cast ended up on there because. Betty White played the bus driver. Cloris Leachman was Betty was Ellen's mom. Mary Tyler Moore was Aunt Mary, Ellen's aunt, and Cloris Leachman's sister. And that was a Christmas episode where Santa Claus was played by Ed Asner. That's the whole Mary Tyler Moore episode. Yeah. So I mean, it was, it was four or three different episodes, but you had two of them in one. And, well, no, it was two episodes, because Cloris Leachman was in every episode, and then Betty White was in one by without them, and then Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner were in the Christmas episode. So, I see that she was on Ally McBeal, which I never did watch, but... Ally McBeal? Ally McBeal, she was in an episode. Hercules TV series, she played Hestia, she was the voice... Another, another voice work that she did, which is also on Disney+, Plus. did you ever watch Prep and Landing? I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's two animated specials, 30 minutes that were on ABC. They're produced by Disney, and she plays Mrs. Claus. And I really enjoyed Prep and Landing. I, I thought they were really good specials. So... If you haven't seen them, granted, we've just passed Christmas, you can still watch them and be in the Christmas mood, or you can wait until Christmas this year and watch them, but they're definitely worth the watch. The Story of Us, wasn't that Michelle Pfeiffer and Bruce Willis? It's listed on here. Yep. So she was in that film, and again, that's another one I didn't watch. Rob Reiner was the director. So, that might be one worth trying to find somewhere as well. You had Rita Wilson as Rachel in it. Tim Matheson as Marty. She apparently did not have a very large role because she's way down there, but Tom Poston was Harry in it as well. Jane Meadows uh, was Dot. Tom Poston, I haven't heard that name and I can't tell you when. Well... I think they played, uh, Tom Poston and Betty White, I think they played Kitty's parents on that 70s show. Oh, 
So, and you know, that's another exercise you could do with Betty is go back in time and think about recasting shows. Like, one thought I had was how different would the Bob Newhart show have been if instead of Marsha Wallace, you had Betty White playing Carol? Would Betty White have been able to pull off that role? Would it have been as classic? Would it have failed miserably? I don't know. See, that's, that's the thing. It's, that's, that's a possibility. And it would have been right for her because, you know, she was not really overly involved at that point because Mary Tyler Moore was not supposed to be more than a one-shot. So, and I'm not sure when Bob Newhart's show actually started, but... So, I mean, there's... A lot of them, like... What else could she have been in? If she had been Aunt Harriet on Batman? If they'd have skewed a little bit younger for that role? You're doing a lot of what ifs right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just fun to think of. What, what could it have been? Because, you know, Batman was filmed as a comedy. And was it? She, yeah, it, it was intended as a comedy. The TV show? Yep, with Adam West. I didn't think it was funny. Well, it was it was made as a comedy. That's what its intent was. Huh. And if you go back and watch it, you can understand that's what they were going for. Like, think of the Batman the movie, where he's running through everywhere with a bomb and can't get rid of it. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. I've never thought about that. Yeah, so, hmm. but, I mean, she could have played Aunt Harriet. Like, granted, she wasn't as old as the woman that did play Anne Harriet, but... And... So it's... That's just another little fun exercise you could do if you wanted to, is go back in time, see... See where you could have put Betty White as a cast member, and would it have changed? Like, I, I did see on, on there, there were five episodes that she was on for The Love Boat, and I know one of them... She guest starred with Alan Ludden, her husband. I think I remember her being on the love boat. And I think that's the one that's going to be on MeTV this Sunday at 5 o'clock, I believe it is. Because it's four episodes of Mary Tyler Moore, two episodes of Mama's Family, and one episode of The Love Boat. And I can't imagine they would have chosen a love boat with Betty White that was not the one with Alan Ludden if they were only going to show one episode. So... And, of course, she had lots of time because outside of the the game shows, she wasn't really active on television other than the Mary Tyler Moore show that wasn't supposed to happen and the Golden Girls. So, you have several years through there. And even after the Golden Girls, there's lots of shows you could have put her in. I wonder... Wonder how she would have fit in in the X Files if they'd have cast her on there, like not as a regular oh, member, but as just somewhere along the line. Like Darren McGavin, who played Kolchak the Night Stalker, he had an appearance on there. Of course, we last year we reviewed the the Ghost Stole Christmas episode of X Files with Lily Tomlin and Ed Asner, which still one of my favorite episodes of the X Files. You know, it's like, would she have fit in? 
to the X Files universe. Could there have been I'm a reference? I'm trying to remember that episode this year to watch it for Christmas, and I need to message you about that. No, you can still watch it. It's not well, going away. Technically, like... it's technically it's still coming on holidays. So. And it's that one. Yes, it's a Christmas themed episode, but it's dealing with ghosts and supernatural. So, you know, it's it's kind of like the the Wonder Woman episode, Pot of Gold. Where it's set at Christmas, but she's dealing with a leprechaun. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of all, all over the board there. So, Yeah. But I hope everybody enjoyed our tribute to Betty White. And, of course, we could continue, as I said, for hours upon hours upon hours. But, basically, I just want everybody to remember... Betty White really does seem to be the woman that she seemed to be. Like I said, I I had to put Jimmy to sleep. I sent her a, a letter about it, and she replied back with a, an autographed picture. She didn't have to do that, but she chose to do that. So, she was, in my book, an absolute treasure. And one of a kind, for sure. So... It's one of the hardest deaths that we've covered yet, but... Because, you know, especially with the timing, 17 days she'd have been hit the century mark. And plus she died on the very last day of the year. Yep. So it's just... Oh, did you read about her, did you read about her death? Did you read about what they discovered about it? The, the last word? No, no, what? what oh, the natural causes? Well, I was, I was getting ready to, to talk about the last word, but yeah, I did see that it was natural causes. But Yeah, it's natural causes. I don't know if you saw the story, but there was an article that I read. Vicki Lawrence said she talked to Carol Burnett, who had talked to Betty White's assistant, who was yeah. with Betty White at the time of her death. According to those sources... The last thing Betty White said was Alan. 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 The love of her life, Alan Ludden. Oh. So it's it's almost like she knew. What? Or what maybe she was even seeing him welcome her. What time of day when did she pass away? Does I honestly don't know. Passed? I'm guessing it was in the morning because of the timing that it was because announced. Yeah, and then that story broke that afternoon. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it came across my phone saying, uh, Betty White's publicist has released a statement that she has officially passed away today at the age of 99 years old, blah, 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 blah. And I think you texted me about 2 or 2.30, which would have been, what, 11.30 Pacific time? 11.30 California. So... I was thinking maybe 9 o'clock in the morning, which would still be about right. Yeah. Because by the time they get the the coroner there and the police and everything to come and get the body and and then the news breaks, that's about the right amount of time, I would think. Do you know who broke it first? Who? TMZ. Yeah. I don't like to give them They're a lot the of credit, 
Oh, well, they're the ones who broke it first, and then all of a sudden here came across NBC and all these other companies. Now, it took them about 40 minutes later to hit my phone, but TMZ, I got a TMZ app on my phone, and it hit my phone, and that's when Russ texted you, TMZ is reporting that Betty White has died. Yeah, and then I looked it up, and I saw all kinds of other people had posted it, too, yeah. so. And then, um, see, TMZ is the first one who told Michael Jackson that yeah. Michael Jackson died and Michael Jackson was the same day as Farrah Fawcett and that was yeah. that was the unfortunate timing there was you got you had time to mourn Farrah Fawcett in the morning and then it's like people forgot about her in the evening and yeah. it's not saying it was good or bad one way or the other because Michael Jackson was a bigger star and more people knew who he was so it's going to overshadow her but Still, it was just unfortunate timing that she didn't get to have as much her, devotion to her mourning as her others air, did. Her airplay, you know, that she should have gotten. But, but like I said, we could go on. If if you don't do anything else, honor Betty White by donating to your animal shelter on January 17th. I mean, that's, that is the absolute best way to honor such a wonderful woman. And with that, we are running very short on time, so we're going to stop it there. But until next week, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.